This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Casey Will from the Mustang Heritage Foundation, and you are listening to the monthly Mustang Heritage Foundation episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 5th. This episode is brought to you by Western Horsemen. Good morning, Horse World. The first Tuesday of the month is all about America's horse, the Mustang, hosted by the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Well, welcome back, everybody. As usual, this is the first episode, or first Tuesday of the month, which means it's time for the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And we have a brand new host from over there today, and that's Casey. Hi, Casey. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on the show. I met Casey years ago, and actually, she's been on this show before because you were an AHP award winner, one of the student awards, right? That is correct. I believe it was 2017. Um, it's been been a been a hot minute since then, but yeah, we got to be on the show right there live from the AHP conference, and uh, man, we've come a long way since then. Yeah, geez, you're all grown up now. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you're a grown up journalist. So love it. Uh, so what do you ride? I gotta ask you that question. I, I do. I do. Um, so I grew up horse showing horses have always been in my blood and I do not have a personal horse right now, but I find ways to, to get on a horse as often as I possibly can because doing it as a job is just not enough for me. <laughs> you guys have a ranch. So I live on some property in Colorado now, actually, but, um, I, I don't have a horse with me either way, just dogs. So I have, uh, I have two dogs that, that keep me at least somewhat connected to the animal world. Well, Good. That's terrific. Well, thank you for doing this today, and thank you for coming back. Appreciate that. So now, the New Jersey Extreme Mustang Makeover is just a few weeks away, and that's a virtual one, right? Yeah, we we have decided to take this event virtual just to keep everyone safe with everything going on in the world right now. But we're so excited because that brings an even greater audience's awareness to what we do at the Mustang Heritage Foundation and how these Extreme Mustang Makeovers play into that. So we, we're we excited to have this opportunity to let thousands of people all over the world watch our trainers who have spent the last approximately 120 days gentling and training untouched horses. And do they do, do you get, do people at home still get to do the online auction where they can buy the horses? Yes. Bidder applications are open now. All those details are on our website. Um, so approved bidders will be able to bid through Champion Horse Sales. We've had great success with Champion Horse Sales during our last few virtual auctions. And this one we assume will be just as great. Um, there's some really incredible horses, a lot of wide range of, of skill sets, of potential disciplines that they would excel in. So if anyone's interested in bringing home a horse, I would highly recommend they go apply to bid because if someone else doesn't, I honestly might apply to bid myself. There's, there's some tempting <laughs> ones in this group. <laughs> and where, where do they do that? So you can find all the information about bidder applications on our website, mustangheritagefoundation.org slash extreme. Find all the details there or look for any link going to New Jersey or anything about adoption. 
Um, there is a bidder application you have to fill out and submit and then a few more steps to complete. But once you're approved, we, we welcome you to bid and bring home a Mustang. All right. And then also Mustang Magic is coming back to Fort Worth in January. What's Mustang Magic? So Mustang Magic is a really special event where we have some of the most talented Mustang trainers and crowd-pleasing entertainers in the nation come and perform with their Mustangs. Um, They're also competing for some pretty big prizes. Um, So that is during the Fort Worth Stock Show in Fort Worth. Um, We'll have two nights of performances this year. We have some um, rookie riders coming in that I'm going to cut that. It's not rookie. What is the name? Rising Star. That's what it is. Um, All right. Let me go back a yep. bit. How far back do you want me to go? Up to you. <laughs> um, I feel like I didn't really pause a whole lot. So let me just start over with that's during the Fort Worth Stock Show. Okay. Mustang Magic is a really unique event. It's going to take place during the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. There will be two nights of performances with um, some of the best Mustang trainers in the nation and also some rising star performers that will be vying for a chance to compete with the crowd-pleasing entertainers that will be taking home big prizes on the second night of competition. So each of them will put together a freestyle routine with their Mustang Um, They will reveal those the night of the competition. They'll be judged and they'll be vying for some pretty big prizes. So you don't want to miss this. Tickets are on sale now on the Fort Worth Stock Show website. You can also find them on our website, mustangheritagefoundation.org, and click on Mustang Magic. Um, It's it's not something you're going to want to miss. And it's Fort Worth. There's good shopping. So there. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Good eating. Good restaurants there, too. Yeah, you got to explore the stockyard. You've got to go all over Fort Worth. It's, it's a great time, and the, the city really lights up during the stock show. So what better to do in the cold month of January than come down to Texas and enjoy some Mustang magic? I tell you, we, we went, obviously, we're in Texas for the HP meeting here a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, okay, we, we actually don't tell them, but we skipped out one night and didn't go to their uh, banquet <laughs> dinner. Instead, we headed to the ranch and had uh, one of the best steaks and meals we've had in a long time. God, they do know how to do steak in Texas. They really do. And I mean, it's something to eat a steak and watch a longhorn walking down the street at the same time. So... Oh, it was one of the best steaks I've had in a long... And the best queso we've had in a long time, too. Oh, my God, the queso was so good. Uh, So I got two of the things you have to get when you're in Texas. Queso, (laughs) chips, and steak right there. It was perfect. 100% agree. It was worth flying out there for that, just for that. (laughs) So who's our first guest? Our first guest today is going to be one of our trainers who will be competing during the virtual New Jersey Extreme Mustang Makeover. Her name is Emma Mintier. She's from New York, and she has got some great things to share with us about her journey getting ready with her Mustang, who I believe is called A Cowgirl's Dream. Hey, Emma, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So excited to talk a little bit about your preparations for the virtual New Jersey Extreme Mustang Makeover coming up here right around the corner. So tell me, why Mustangs? Well, my family always had horses, and I was just a horse-crazy kid. Um, I showed 4-H, and that was the extent of my showing and I just was always fascinated with Mustangs. So I guess that's that's why Mustangs. I love it. So tell me a little bit about your mare that you've been working with for this event. Um, well, she is... A really nice horse. She's actually one of the nicer horses, uh, Mustangs that I've worked with. Um, she is a five-year-old mare from Eagle, Nevada, Bay Mare. 
Um, and she's just super quiet. She's sensible. She's honest. Um, I actually, I went down to Ohio to pick her up and, um, some of the colored horses, um, had been picked out over and stuff. And so I'm looking at a whole bunch of bay horses and chestnuts and it's just this huge blob of horses moving back and forth. And, um, this, this horse was this gorgeous forelock, um, and beautiful star caught my eye. And I was like, well, I guess that's the horse I'm going to pick. Um, so essentially I kind of picked her cause she had a long forelock. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but anyways, I just, I absolutely love this horse. Um, like I said, she's sensible. She's honest. Um, I've within just a couple days, I, I could have been riding her. Um, but I don't, believe in just, you know, I believe in putting a good foundation on, on a horse before, you know, swinging a leg over on them and stuff. So, um, I've been pretty impressed with her overall the last hundred days. That's awesome. So I'm going to guess that maybe that's how she got her name, a cowgirl's dream because she's a dream horse. Uh, Yeah, a little bit, you know, it took, um, quite a couple weeks actually. And I was just, I wanted something a good strong name for her. And I just, I couldn't think of anything. And, um, my husband, he, uh, he rodeoed for quite a long time. And, um, there was a bull that, uh, that they used to ride and, um, you know, they, they would put the bull rope on them and ride them and then they could actually just kind of sit on them and he'd plunk around and stuff. And they called that bull a cowboy's dream. Um, so he's like, why don't you just name her a cowgirl's dream? So I was like, oh, actually, that's a great idea. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of actually how she got her name. <laughs> My husband named her. That's so, awesome. And 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 she's uh, she is kind of a dream. She's just one of those horses that, you know, would fit in in, in anybody's barn. And um, she's more than welcome to stay with me if, if that's, <laughs> you know, what happens. Yeah, so after you guys finish competing, she will go find her new home through the auction that will be taking place online, hosted by Champion Horse Sales. So what kind of a home do you think she would fit well in? What what's what would be her ideal adopter? Um, well, I mean, I think she can flourish in any home. You know, I think her foundation has been extremely solid. Um, you know, um, I think she's pretty versatile. She can, she can pretty much go in any direction. You know, she, she's still young. She's still green. I mean, I've got approximately rides on her. Um, but I mean, they've been good and solid foundational rides. Um, so, you know, as, as far as what kind of rider does she need, you know, any, any of these horses in this competition, I mean, you're going to need someone that has, you know, some idea of what they're doing. Um, but, you know, in order to maintain some of that training that the horse has got. But honestly, like I said, this this horse is, you know, she's solid and she's honest. So, you know, as, as long as, you know, you're not going to go and be crazy stupid and do stupid stuff on, on her, she can pretty much go in any direction. That's phenomenal. She sounds like a real, a real dream. <laughs> So I know you've competed at some of our in-person EMMs in the past. Um, How has your preparation been different getting ready for this virtual event? I know it's, it's phenomenal to think about the fact that you don't have to travel. You don't have to spend any money on your travel, but what things have you done a little differently in the training process, getting ready to record videos? Well, um, I didn't know until like uh, a 
couple weeks ago that it was going to be virtual. Um, so, you know, it was, um, you know, we were prepared, you know, Dream and I, we were, we were ready to go to New Jersey to compete in front of, you know, a couple thousand people and, you know, be in that arena and show in front of, you know, potential adopters and, um, show in front of the judges and all that. So, I mean, we were, we were ready. Um, you know, I'd hauled her the rodeos every weekend, all summer long. Um, you know, and she's so sensitive that she can handle the pressure of being, um, you know, in a live in-person event. And I myself, you know, I also perform better under pressure. There, there wasn't a lot of preparation until just like two weeks ago, um, to prepare for it to be virtual. Um, you know, so there's, you know, up until then, it was just, we were, we were preparing to go to New Jersey. So yeah, I mean, she was, she was ready to go and perform. What are you most excited about as you're getting ready to film your class videos? Is there a particular class where you feel like Dream's going to excel? Um, well, <laughs> as far as excelling in any class, you know, it, it could go one way or the other. Um, I think, you know, I'm honestly most excited about the conditioning and handling class. That's never been my strongest class. Um, so I have spent a little more time this time around, um, you know, preparing for it. And, and um, so I, I feel like, you know, we might do a little bit better um, in this class. So I don't know, but, you know, any, anything could happen, you know, we just, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's always exciting to see the, the progress and that transformation after 120 days of training, how far these horses have come, but there's nerves too. So what part are you most nervous about? <laughs> um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is nerve wracking. You know? um, well, but as, as far as being nervous about it, you know, um, you, you prepare for it all and, um, you know, but I think, you know, as far as like, you know, being nervous about something, you know, I think being like, I think the compulsories, um, you know, having to, to film that, um, when I wouldn't normally have to do it if you didn't make the top 10, um, and doing the pattern class. And, and I say that because I've got to have a lead change on my horse and we're not quite there yet. Um, so you know, um, I also don't have any freestyle whatsoever planned. Um, you know, normally I, you know, just a few weeks in, I've got ideas, I've got plans, I've got, you know, props in mind, I've got all that stuff planned. Um, but I, you know, this, this time around, I've literally got nothing. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but you know, it's, a little bit of the freestyle, a little bit of the compulsory and pattern class, because just because, you know, the components are there, but um, just putting it all together, I guess. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for competing for all your hard work. We're so excited to watch you starting October 20th online. Get to see your progress with a cowgirl's dream. Thank you so much. I just want to uh, thank the, the Mustang Heritage Foundation, the BLM, and um, everyone's been involved with the EMM from um, employees and sponsors and competitors and their families. If if it wasn't for for them and the and the Mustang, we we would not be able um, to 
have all these incredible opportunities and all these lifelong friendships that we've formed. Um, so we've just had some amazing opportunities because of the Mustang. I love that. It really is all about the Mustang, all about the Mustang and finding them home. So thank you for being part of that part of the Mustang Heritage Foundation mission. And, um, thank you for being on the show, Emma. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Western Horseman has been the cowboy and cowgirl's most trusted source for all things horse-related for the past 85 years. The Western Horseman brand is dedicated to serving readers who are passionate about pleasure, ranch, and performance horses, and the authentic Western culture they, they inspire. After 85 years, Western Horseman has evolved into more than a print magazine. Folks can now access Western Horseman through their website, westernhorseman.com, their Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as their library of videos on YouTube. Standing the test of time is the commitment to providing authentic, trustworthy, and entertaining information to the people who feel that same love for the horse that Western Horseman does. Coming up next is somebody that we know here on the show very well. Her name is Molly Pearson, and she's coming on to talk to us about something that uh, is happening right now. And it's for the benefit, the charity this year they've designated is the Mustang Heritage Foundation. So that's the tie in there. And hi, Molly. Hi, good morning. Now, we've had Molly on before because she's one of those crazy nutty people that do crazy nutty things um, and and seem to enjoy it. Uh, and she, I think the last time we had you on was right before the Mongol Derby in 2019, right? It was, yeah. Was that your first or second? That was my first and only. <laughs> and you didn't <laughs> sign up this year, huh? No? Didn't sign up this year. Um <laughs> Yeah, would maybe do it again, maybe. But you're an endurance rider normally, aren't you? I am, yeah. yeah. I just finished my first Tevis this year and um, just get to as many endurance rides as the horse's soundness will allow me to. Well, Tevis, I mean, it's like the Super Bowl of endurance rides. How was that your first time? I noticed you put the classic iconic picture as your picture on Facebook, and that's you climbing Cougar Rock. But how mm-hmm. was it? So I remember coming into Forest Hill, mile 68, and saying to my crew and some good friends who met me there, I said, I hate this. This is terrible. I am having no fun at all. Not even a little bit. So please remind me of this exact moment when I start talking about Tevis again next year. And they were like, we'll remind you, but it's not going to do any good. And I said, no, this time I mean it for real. Like this moment right here, you know, I had mild heat stroke and I had a rolled ankle. And so my suffering was from like 2 PM to 4:30 in the morning. (laughs) And, (laughs) and two or three days after Tevis, I found myself thinking, so when I do it next year, I got to make sure. <laughs> so it's just one of those type two kind of fun that you suffer when it's happening. And then in retrospect, you want to do it again and see if you can make it better. <laughs> and you had the smoke to deal with this from the fires this year too out there. Yeah, we had some pretty bad air for the first 20 miles or so, 25 miles. By the way, everybody that hikes the Appalachian Trail 20. 20- 200 miles of it over six months and climbs that uh, mountain at the end, says the same thing, and then they all go back and do it a second time. So Exactly. <laughs> it's a strange breed of people who are that glutton for punishment. Uh, you're not signing up for the Muggle Derby again. Uh, this, the food was, was the clincher there, right? The You know, the food, I've never enjoyed eating goat, but I got to say, when it's 
coming from right outside your door and it's freshly prepared, it's not so bad. But do you have to do it as the bowl in the middle of the table with your hands? <laughs> Less eating with the hands than I expected. Um, but I did eat some really strange thing that I thought was a cookie. So I took a huge bite of it <laughs> and it was just the dried, compressed, fermented horse milk. And it turned into this really <laughs> sour, like sawdust in my mouth that I had trouble swallowing because it was so dry. And I had to look very polite to this family that was taking me in for the night. And so I just put on a smile and was like, mm, that's delicious. <laughs> Casey, fermented mare's milk is the delicacy there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't think that's something that is on my bucket list to try. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's on anybody's bucket list. Uh, So, Molly, tell us what is the COVID Derby and why is the COVID Derby? Yeah, so the COVID Derby was created in response, in a sense, to the Mongol Derby being canceled because of COVID. And everyone had had these big adventures planned for 2020. and Devin Horn and Maddie Smith got together and said, what if we created something that people could do from where they live? And so the COVID Derby was born as this idea of let's keep the same mileage, 1,000 kilometers, 620-something miles, and allow people to participate in this either individually or as a team. And hey, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't limit this just to horseback riders, but we allowed a mixed effort entry as well. So people who weren't riders or who didn't have access to horses could also compete in taking on this really big undertaking as a way to sort of mm, a distraction from COVID and something big to focus on. And so it was 200 or more riders or people from around the world who got together and formed these local and international teams and decided to complete a thousand kilometer race over the course of a month. Um, We had a month instead of a week or so like you do in the Mongol Derby, but a period of time to dedicate yourself to something kind of big and also, you know, slightly insane. If you've got two or three people on a team, you're each responsible for hundreds of miles um, over the course of a month. And whether you're doing that on a horse or by your own human power, that's still a really big undertaking. So that's kind of the gist of what the COVID Derby is and why the COVID Derby is. Who won last year? Oh, that's a great question. Heather Russell, uh, I believe, (laughs) won the solo rider challenge. I think I remember that too. Amazing because she was also on our team. And so as soon as she finished doing a thousand kilometers by herself on horseback, she jumped into our team and started contributing miles to us. And thanks to her, I think we came in maybe third or something. Um, So she just smashed it. And I don't remember who won the horse team or the mixed effort uh, team. There are a lot of badasses in the endurance world. There are. There are some really (laughs) just (laughs) impressive, impressive people. Yeah, we have to mention that Devin Horn is right now in Iceland by herself. I guess she went over there by herself. I was chatting with her while she was over there the other day. And uh, she's just touring around. I don't think she's riding horses, is she? She's just... 
No, she's just taking amazing naked photos on icebergs. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> everybody does that. Right. <laughs> Endurance people. Endurance people do that. Yeah. So, well, this is kind of cool. Now, the cl- it's closed for this year, right? I mean, the, the the entries that started yesterday, if I remember right. Right. So the course opened today at, I believe, 5 a.m. Central Time. So entries are closed. People had maybe two months to get their teams together um, and enter. So entries closed. Everybody's off and running or riding or canoeing or moon booting, whatever it is that they're doing to get their miles. And, you know, some people have a plan to divvy up miles evenly between everyone on the team. Some plans, some teams have, you know, one person who's really at the helm, who's going to take on a bulk of the mileage. Some people are going just for a completion and some people are riding really competitively. I'm looking up moon booting to figure out what <laughs> You know, it's like the 90s kids' shoes that are like trampoline. Oh, gotcha. Shoes. Yes, yes, yes. Now I remember. <laughs> it's funny. Well, this Maybe is... someone going down the sidewalk with a skip it. <laughs> However you're doing it, like more power to you. And your charity of the uh, for this year is the Mustang Heritage Foundation. Were there Mustangs competing last year? Do we know? I would imagine with the cross-section of riders across yeah, the U.S. Would, that there was probably too. a Mustang or two. Yeah. Well, it's cool. And, and uh, I, I'm sure Casey will join me in this. We wanted to thank you for supporting, for supporting the foundation and the Mustangs. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's an amazing foundation. And we're all so happy to be fundraising for a really important horse cause. Well, good luck to all of you. Have fun. Uh, are you riding, biking, swimming? What are you doing? I am riding uh, exclusively. However, I am waiting for my horse to recover from a soundness issue. So I'm sort of the lame duck on my team right now. <laughs> you could run <laughs> like Devin does, can... 100 miles at a time. Perfect. Uh, you know what? I got to go. I got 100 miles to run. I've never <laughs> run more than 13, but I think I can do 100 right now. So <laughs> thank you, Molly, for joining us. Is there a website? Uh, COVIDderby.com. You can find the Mustang Heritage Foundation at mustangheritagefoundation.org or search Mustang Heritage Foundation on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Go to our show notes, you know, those things that you never look at on your phone. You're listening to this show as a podcast. If you scroll up or down or left or right, depending on your player, you'll actually see the show notes, and they'll have all the links there to today's guests and all the things that we talked about. And you can also go to Horse Radio Network for all the other shows. We have about 20 of them that you can find on the network. A little bit of something for everybody. And thanks to our sponsor, and that was Western Horsemen today. We really appreciate them. And Casey, thank you for joining me today. This is a lot of fun. You're a natural at this. Well, thank you, Glenn. I would love to come back anytime. It's always a pleasure to be on the show, especially since I've been listening to this show most of my life. That's true. (laughs) All right. uh, We'll see you all tomorrow. Jamie and I will be back for a brand new episode here on Horses in the Morning.